Hey everyone, I'm Kelly Beaton, the Digital Content Strategist with the Food Institute. Welcome back to our weekly news recap where we quickly break down a few of the biggest stories impacting the food industry this week. Here we go. Despite widespread business closures and 20 million U.S. workers losing their jobs last year, many of the nation's CEOs saw their compensation rise. In fact, CEO compensation rose to an average of $15.3 million last year, at least among 51 major companies surveyed by the Institute of Policy Studies, which was up 29% from 2019, while median worker pay fell to barely $28,000, down 2% from the preceding year. As recently as 1965, the ratio of CEO to worker salary was 20 to 1, but that ratio now has grown to an estimated 320 to 1. Between 1978 and 2013, executive compensation rose 937%, double the stock market increase during the same period, while the typical worker's salary rose just 10.2%, according to the Economic Policy Institute. Meanwhile, 53% of U.S. restaurant industry workers have considered leaving their jobs since the start of the pandemic, with low wages, tips, safety concerns, and harassment from customers cited as a primary reasons, according to the University of California, Berkeley. Workers in the food industry in particular have criticized understaffing throughout the pandemic as annual employee turnover in the industry was over 100% prior to COVID-19. Workers in the restaurant industry were among the highest sectors of workers who died of coronavirus during the pandemic too, according to the University of California, San Francisco. Moving on, U.S. retail sales and restaurants are weighing updated CDC guidelines that allow fully vaccinated people to remove their masks in both indoor and outdoor settings. Currently, 60% of all U.S. adults have received at least one dose of the COVID vaccine, and the new guidance, which is largely based on the honor system, has sparked debate. While companies have leeway to set independent rules for their customers and employees, they must conform to state and local rules, which supersede federal guidance. A growing list of major retailers and QSRs, including Chipotle, Costco, CVS, Publix, and Starbucks, have lifted mask requirements for vaccinated shoppers and diners. McDonald's, meanwhile, has its mask requirements still in place, but the restaurant has been conferring with the Mayo Clinic as it decides how to proceed. Shifting gears, Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods dominated headlines at the start of the plant-based movement, but now private label and established food brands are making news of their own in that sector. Impossible Foods and Oatly both publicly floated a $10 billion figure for valuation in 2021, and many investors are clearly taking note, but they aren't the only companies expanding in that plant-based sector, which Bloomberg Intelligence predicts will grow to reach $10 billion by the end of the decade. The Good Food Institute recently reported the plant-based food sector grew 27% in 2020, and this year we've seen product expansions from Tyson's Foods, Raised and Rooted brand, and Target's Good and Gather brand, while the partnership between Thrive Market and Beyond Meat continues to grow. And finally, a quick one to close on. Over the past year, convenience store business has been growing, sparking M&A activity. Convenience store in-store sales reached a record $255.6 billion in 2020. And while total transactions declined nearly 14% for the year, basket sizes increased 18.4% compared with 2019. Last week, for instance, 7-Eleven said it completed a $21 billion acquisition of Marathon Petroleum Corp's Speedway convenience stores, according to the Wall Street Journal. The deal adds about 3,800 Speedway stores in 36 states to 7-Eleven's business. Okay, that'll do it for now. That was your food industry news. I'm Kelly Beaton.